podcast informs listeners that the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed solely belong to the host and not necessarily to their employer or any other group of individuals. It is not a research report. It is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. It is for informational purposes only and should not be construed otherwise. Today is October 16, uh, and we are supposed to talk about what the markets did and the companies that are worth it to follow. So let me give you a wrap-up about what happened last night. So actually, a lot of things happened last night that you should know, uh, one of which was the news about Roku integrating Apple TV inside their uh, platform. So shares were up 11% last night, close at $133. And the beauty about this move is that, uh, uh, let me read exactly what happened. Shares of Roku surged after the streaming video player said that Apple's TV app is available on its platform starting Tuesday. Apple shares also up ahead of the open. Through the Apple TV app, Roku users will have access to their iTunes video library. Starting November 1, Apple streaming video service Apple TV Plus will be available for Roku users. Roku is a valuable partner for content providers looking to reach a large and engaged audience, and we are looking forward to bringing this new option to Roku users, said Scott Rosenberg, Senior Vice President of Platform Business. Roku's stock has ran up um, over the past three months through Monday, while Apple shares have also climbed and the Dow Jones uh, was slipping during this three-month time frame. Uh, Roku, um, what's the news that you should know? Uh, Roku has 36% market share so far on the smart TV app. And, this, uh, and, and being a partner of Apple TV and knowing that, in my view, there's three great streaming uh, maybe three or four that are really, really good in content. It's Netflix, it's Disney, and it's um, Apple TV and AT&T's HBO Max. So um, I'm not so sure about Comcast, about their Peacock. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, but having Roku as a partner and um, will enable Roku's current about, they have about 30 million connected uh, devices, um, will allow them to penetrate a billion Apple device. So you can understand why the market really gleefully bought up Roku shares. Um, tonight, um, if we're just speaking about technology, um, I think Roku can hit about $145 to $150 resistance, if it will even be a resistance. And that would be approximately $15 billion market cap. Um, but it's really hard to say. Um, we are um, paying a premium for Roku because I think that their $1 billion OTT advertising next year is a sure hit, uh, and there's really great things to come. However, the volatility is there. I don't think it will go back to 100 or 110, uh, but we'll never know. We'll see. Um, the only competitor that I can see for Roku that stands a chance is Amazon. Um, Amazon has their uh, Fire TV, their Fire Sticks. But as you can see, the consumers really like Roku with a 36% market share lead over the past couple of years. So 
I'd say that we just stick to Roku. Um, there's a lot of good earnings last night. Um, we'll explain. Um, although we never covered JP Morgan, I think you need to know what's happened. JP Morgan stock actually climbed to all-time highs after reporting earnings per share of $2.68 in the third quarter, above estimates along with record revenue. Um, a lot of companies actually posted good profits last night. There was United Health, um, but there's also a company that didn't do well, which was Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs was um, below consensus for earnings. There's um, a company that we like, Huya. Huya, which is a Chinese platform owned by Tencent. He IPO'd the, this company and listed it about two years ago. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to um, always highlight that we like Huya because it's very profitable. Um, as a company, it wasn't expected to post a profit this early, but this early stage, but because of their tremendous revenue growth, uh, it has been doing that. And um, I think the earnings are still about November or December. So the movement yesterday was really just more of an oversold move because um, Huya trades with between 20 to 28. So there's a really huge range, 40%. Um, what I do really hear when I trade Huya is whenever it nears 20, 21, actually it just moved 21 these um, past few days and now it's about 23. So that's a 10% move. It recovered um, just as many Chinese names actually did because when they fell, it was really just uh, people sentiment about trade war and everything. It has nothing to do with the company's fundamentals. Also would like to explain that um, there were a lot of outperformers last night. Um, with, we'll explain uh, Turtle Beach. Turtle Beach, um, this was a little bit an exotic pick of mine. I said that around $9.50 that it was a buy. Any price below $9.50 below. Some people who got it during August with me, if they kept, it's now 12 bucks. happy to tell you. Actually, I sold this very early at $10.50, thinking that, hey, I might be wrong because there's a lot of commodity products in the gaming and headsets. Uh, Turtle Beach, the... The move, uh, the movements here, I believe, are because of the cheap valuation, the high margins. So, rec um, I'll explain why. Okay, so Turtle Beach uh, used to trade at a hundred plus million dollar market cap, but makes about thirty million. So when I first um, pointed this out, it was really a three times PE name. So it's really value in a company where an industry of esports is really taking off. So Turtle Beach was benefiting from the cycle that if you're playing Fortnite or you're playing any game, you usually will um, chat with people and have a headset. And these headsets would cost anywhere from $30, $50 to $100. And it's not as if like Turtle Beach is the only one. Logitech is a competitor, but I would say that uh, Turtle Beach has a heads up in terms of leadership um, and market share. Actually, the number one headset when it comes to games is Turtle Beach. And um, just recently, Turtle Beach actually uh, showed that uh, they released, um, they actually bought Rocket. Um, they had a lot of cash because they've been doing well as a company. So they bought this acquisition called Rocket. Um, and the, this one actually was a beneficiary because it, it excels in the mouse and keyboards. Uh, notice that real gamers really want a lot of these high-end. Um, you can see that they bought great NVIDIA processors or uh, AMD devices to make, their, um, to make the processing and speeds faster. And so even with the keyboards and even with the mouse, they also have a different model for the gamers. Um, just recently, Rocket um, 
Rocket uh, announced the release of the Cone Pure Ultra PC gaming mouse. So the Cone Pure Ultra is your favorite mouse reborn with the latest technology and the new ultra lightweight design. Rocket's Cone Pure has become a mouse of choice for many performance-focused gamers, and the Cone Pure Ultra keeps the original ergonomic shape of its predecessor, including the strategic button placement, crisp click feeling, and beloved Titan wheel, but with a much lighter weight coming in at a low 66 grams making it one of the lightest weight um mouse in the market uh, at a low 66 grams so it's got a lot of features including rockets owl eye 16k sensor a thousand hertz polling rate onboard memory for programmable macros and profiles and more and it sells at a really um competitive price of 70 euros or 60 pounds and will be available in the u.s this winter so number one um gaming headset turtle beach is um outperforming which i think is just a value play because consider that michael burry also happened to make about 50 percent in two months when he identified that gamestop was too cheap to ignore so actually um before michael burry i was already opining in august for those people who were listening to me that at $9.50, Turtle Beach looks very compelling because at three times multiple and with real earnings and the cash was there, um, although the market, you'd argue that it is a commodity, that um, anyone can actually copy a headset, it's still, I believe, um, a function of game esports players liking a product and sticking with it. So, and the industry, because we like the secular growth of the esports industry. And we see that, well, I see that the 500 million players of Fortnite is not something that you should discount. Uh, you have to have at least that apparel or that, um, the, yeah, the apparel. So, in fact, I didn't, uh, I didn't explain to you yet the numbers about Puma. But I think that the primary, well, I haven't really read through Puma, but I think that the sportswear apparel Puma has been great, gaining ground because of its dominance in the e-gaming sports apparel, which I, I, I mean, it's very apparent if you watch King's Avatar of Netflix in China. This is a famous telenovela there. Talks about how um, Yeshu, Yeshu, Yechu, he's a lead character along with his teammates um, have fought um, against like other teams so i mean if you never really understood the whole esports thing i'd say just you know watch a few episodes maybe an hour or so watch like king's avatar and you could probably understand all this investment on e-stadiums pc bank cafes in korea um it's it's not like a small industry um i've written a number of um and a number of uh trivia in several um several articles already about video game sector but um this this just uh, puts more conviction that there are really uh strong trends and in fact nvidia which traded yesterday at also a whopping uh this was a 52 week high 198 bucks um i think that all of these are related to the e-sports gaming trend, although NVIDIA is such a strong company because it's not just growing because of ray tracing technology or just self-drive because it has this uh, drive chips. Uh, they have the 5G, the sensors, they have um, actually have so much. Uh, I think if you really study the, 
growth of NVIDIA. I think there's like about five secular cylinders that it's growing. So um, it's such a powerful company to own. So it was not surprising that there were super outperformers in October. And I would say these were all fundamentally driven. Roku went from about 99 to 133 and just what? Today is just October 16. So that's like about 15 days, 16 days. And you have weekends. So that's how many weeks only. Um, that's a move that um, I think was really propelled by strong um, bullish uh, momentum on Fanta. Because a lot of people cited um, Roku has been, you know, the integration of Apple TV was just additional um, reason to own Roku. But... Um, Ken Griffin, one of the most famous um, investors of Citadel, released a 5% stake filing. He increased his position. We also cited that Roku is an increased average up position for Morgan Stanley. They've gotten their Roku position as early as 2018, around 30 bucks, I believe. And then they added more. When you look at the filing, they kept adding on their winners. I, I think they also added at 100 bucks. So, I mean, it's really a strong position. I believe that the, the, amongst all the chorus of bears, actually the chorus of bears falls flat in my in my hearing, because their only um, you know their only debate is what the Facebook portal, which I doubt anyone even um, talks about, or the Comcast Infinity Flex, uh, because how could you compete when Roku is already in almost all the television sets? Like if you if you buy a TCL TV or a Hisense, um, you're automatically a Roku. Uh, Ro you already have Roku app in that TV. It's already a connected TV. It's already a smart TV, which I argue is um the reason why it's dominating the market. Um, yesterday there were also some earnings surprise. Uh, Charles Schwab was actually up about six percent. Reported third quarter earnings of seventy cents per share, beating analyst consensus estimates of sixty five. Sense. Um, however, I think that um, I haven't really read through the numbers of Schwab or uh, interna interactive brokers, but they both reported um, a beat on earnings. Nevertheless, I think there's like a strong secular headwind. If you have a brokerage firm laying off some top executives, even if they've been doing a really good job, there's really a lot of industry headwinds, um, a loss of about 25% revenues on a commission to zero. So it's not an easy sector to be in. I'd say that with the banks and brokerage firms, we generally just have to wait and see. Uh, it's good that JP Morgan actually beat earnings. It just solidifies that the American consumerism is still strong. Um, JP Morgan was strong on earnings revenues because uh, they proved that Americans were still um, growing when it comes to auto loans, consumer loans, credit card loans, and so forth. Um, I'd like to also um, share that finally, our bearish gold call was correct. The overcrowded um, extreme bearishness when it looks when you look at the gold futures open interest spiking at extremes, it, it signifies like a very high extreme level that would actually not um, that, that actually prices in all of the recession fears. So um, as we've seen, um, these have all been um, unwound at the very least and thus has already risen about 20% in just the two days. So from about $7 to about $8.50 last night, um, I see a resistance at 9 bucks. So those who want to like take profits, go ahead. This is a derivative, so you just really have to 
take the profits and leave. Uh, it's, as I said, this was never intended as a long-term trade. It's just a short-term trade. We've got the move that we wanted, so exit it away. Um, we have to discuss about um, fan gun names. They were all almost all-time highs. Microsoft was $141. Apple hit about $239. Facebook was strong. It was a generally strong market last night. Um, I would say that um, it was brought about mostly by earnings because most of the earnings, even in the companies were which, which the market had actually very low expectations, um, they surprised on the upside. I mean, who would have thought that Schwab and Interactive Brokers would both surprise on the upside or um, or JP Morgan? So I think like there's that general relief that the banks and the brokerage firms are making money. And so uh, United Health was up 8% last night. So, you know, you've got these um, companies showing strength. Um, and so I think this is the reason why a lot of the real performers just really outperformed last, last night. In fact, um, anyone who sold their winners really got penalized because I actually had NVIDIA. And so it was a penalty on my end to be so safe and take profits on some of my winners when, of course, September was a sell-off to remember. But, you know, some of us would think of, okay, let's take some profits out and like put it into cash and see how the market goes. But generally speaking, um, last night proved that um, a lot of, strong fundamentals really persisted and grew because NVIDIA was, as I said, it was a performer in a very strong secular trend. Um, uh, I was already actually suffering about 15% more upside because I took out that NVIDIA too early. Um, about 10% missed upside on Bandai Namco because I was also, you know, I was just trying to save some cash. But as I said, sometimes even when you're trying to defend your positions, um, selling winners is usually really, um, it's not the best um, hedge. I mean, it's not the best safe place that you could think of. Um, I, I reiterate the notion whenever um, Warren Buffett tells, talks about his investment um, principles, he says that high quality names are one of the best hedges in volatility. However, um, if you really look at the portfolio of Warren Buffett, he actually has a huge amount of cash. That's why a lot of his um, longtime stock investors have pulled out and gotten mad at him because Warren Buffett has 60%, can you imagine? 60% of his position is in cash. That's $122 billion. So I can understand why there's a lot of people saying that the Oracle of Omaha must be losing his magical touch. But I, I, I wouldn't say too much about that because there's really a lot of macro risks and real concerns. So, um, and maybe Buffett just really thinks ahead because who could argue about his 2016 buy call? And it was a really concentrated bet on Apple. Look at his 2016 to 2019. Apple went from about 130, 140 bucks to as much as $240 today. And um, it's got cash dividends as well. Nothing much when it comes to cash div. Don't expect too much. But um, who, who would have thought that, you know, Apple TV is going to control your life? Um, Apple Pay, Apple Card, Goldman Sachs. One of the silver linings in yesterday's earnings call of Goldman Sachs was they said that, 
they have experienced the best launch ever for a credit card company, which is the Apple Card. I mean, I'd love an Apple Card if I could. And I think it's a global rollout. So Apple is going to control your money, your spending, your um, your streaming life, your music. I mean, look at this. It, you've got Apple TV, Apple Arcade, Apple Card, Apple Pay, and even the people who are using Apple Arcade now, I think Apple Arcade is retailing at about $9 a month. So like Apple is your ultimate cash cow. This is a trillion dollar company with I think about $200 billion in cash. So I, you know, um, when Buffett was so like, um, I would say he's a bit paranoid maybe of the world. That's why he's about 60% in cash. Even his largest position, which is about 25% stake. He's got about $50 billion stake already in Apple, which is just increasing day by day um, because the market cap of Apple has been increasing. Um, I would say that um, it makes total sense. The cash flow rich companies are just so strong and... Um, I think even um, even I am afraid that, hey, what if Apple actually manages to outspend Netflix and thereby get great content? Because in this game, the problem that Netflix has, which interestingly will be apparent maybe tonight after earnings call, 4.30 a.m., is that how much do you think people would stay in Netflix if um, if this director gets a higher pay in Apple TV. Uh, the, the thing is, of course, you cannot discount the fact that Netflix has a lot of strong shows. In fact, like this third quarter, I think that the 7 million um, expected subscribers, you know, it will be beaten. But, you know, I'm not sure. But the data tells me that mobile downloads accelerated. There was very strong reception on Stranger Things 3. There was very strong reception on Money Heist. And because there were so many people who liked Stranger Things and Money Heist, some of them were new subscribers to Netflix only that quarter, which is third quarter. So we will see, later we will see um, whether Netflix surprises good or bad. Please don't worry about it. I think that um, the fears are so overblown. Let's assume that Netflix just makes a you know, nothing much. Uh, I think that the quarter for Netflix would just be, you know, at worst, maybe $230. Uh, at the best, maybe $340. So, you know, at current price of $280, you've got a $40 swing up or down. That's what I think. You've got about a $40 swing here. It's either 15% up or, I mean, 10% up or 10% down. And well, I'm long-term there. Um, so, it's all about a matter of risk management on how much weight you assign to Netflix. Um, so just be aware about those things. Um, what else do we have to talk about? So we covered Roku. We covered gold miners, which, which we had a bearish take, wherein we got validated and correct. Turtle Beach... Um, this one was a mistake of mine for selling it too early, but this is more like, I believe this is just a value play. Um, so it was just too cheap to ignore in my view. It was just like a GameStop kind of move na $3.50 to $6, you know, parang you might think that the market is overpaying for this company and maybe it can be. Uh, should it be three times multiple? Should it be five times multiple? So ganun lang naman siya. Um, it's not like a great, great company, but if you give me a very, very low downside, I'd say the reason why I 
I sometimes look at these names is that may pagkasigar but sila but they've you know at some point nasesave sila ng malalakas na trends eh. in GameStop ang nagsesave naman dyan was the Funko sales in terms of uh, Turtle Beach ang talagang nagsesave dyan is the secular trend of the esports industry so as long as dumadami yung Fortnite players uh, mas malakas syempre for um, Turtle Beach and for Funko and for many names uh, including of course the real owner of um, tens, uh, of, of Fortnite which is Tencent uh, Tim, Tim Sweeney sold a bit of stake to Tencent okay, for 3 billion dollars which was a really swell deal for Tencent if you think about it um, yesterday uh, some of the high SaaS names actually managed to bounce from their oversold levels Pager Duty first buy signal kahapon $27.40 sarado uh, as I said, Huya, after getting falling down so much, uh, kahapon malakas din, sarado $23.70, up 6%. Super strong performer, NVIDIA, $196.198 sarado. There were so many all-time highs last night, um, but I will just highlight yung mga picks that we like. Uh, semi- semiconductors really shown, uh, really shining. Uh, so... Ano bang pwede natin pag-usapan? Okay, the Chinese e-commerce, they all stood out well. JD was back at 31. Um, 31, 32, laging resistance dyan. Baka mag-breakout si JD. Pag nag-breakout si JD, that means na magiging mas malakas si Pintuotuo and si Alibaba. Yun lang naman. That's how I view it. Pero, ewan ko, I think it's a bit of a trading range for the Chinese names. and dami pa rin concerns. Yung concerns is not about the business model or the fundamentals. Lahat ng concern is about this um, ongoing China-US problem. Um, yun nga, may retaliation on the Hong Kong protest and may retaliation on so many fronts. So, matagal yun. Hindi natin alam kung matatapos ba yung problem na yun. Yesterday, um, a lot of digital advertising names went up. They did well as a pack. The trade desk closed 212. Malapit mag-approach sa 225. Malakas yung bounce coming from 190 bucks the last week lang. Um, staple names kahapon were not so strong that's fine kasi risk on sentiment kahapon you don't need a lot of defense moves kaya nga um, nag give up ng konte sila Conagra and si Kellogg's so that's normal okay lang 1-2% down sila kahapon market recovered really the Chinese names um, Momo closed 34.5 Weipo closed about 49 above 49 Alibaba was above 175 uh, standout performer for me in the Chinese name was Huya um, tonight's earnings um, maraming titignan I'd say look at the banks uh, look at the yun nga, I think everyone will look at Netflix and then end of the week people would look at how Coca-Cola's earnings are um, Atlassian I think it's important to also look how it's doing kasi that would dictate the trends of high SaaS names kung okay lang ba maging expensive for a reason because if, you know, if they're really gaining ground in customer growth, high retention rate, dapat, they should still be valued um, at a premium. So, kahit may mga macro risk, kasi that only proves na recession-proof names talaga yung mga SAS na yun. So, ganun. Um, marami tayong to talk about. But generally, um, what you've learned in this 30-minute um, clip is that the September sell-off was a shakeout. If you were holding powerful names... Uh, lumipad na sila. So, it's good. Uh, our fundamental process is still working. That's what is important na NVIDIA lipad, Roku lipad. Ibig sabihin, oh, tama yung tama yung picks. Talagang mahirap lang paminsan, binabentahan ka ng sector. Okay, so, um, 
And then yun nga, the fact that JP Morgan and many FAMGA names were all-time high records should provide you that the bulls are still there and hindi sila lahat nag-cash. They went defensive but they went to high-quality, powerful cash cows. Okay? Sige.